How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. And I'm coming to you from beautiful Lake Tahoe. I know. I'm really glad that this is our second take recording this because the first time we tried, I had to admit humiliatingly that I had I didn't realize that you were not in your apartment. Well, you were, you were just seeing like one small square space of behind me. So it, I understand that it wouldn't look necessarily that different from my bedroom at home. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I mean, I don't know. I was just, I mean, I know that you don't have a window above your bed at your- That's true. But I still just didn't see it. Uh, No, it's okay. Not, I mean, I'm a lot of times not very observant. So I probably would have been in the same boat if I, if I didn't remember that you were going away. Yeah. You know. Um, But yeah, the the trees are tall here, but the Wi-Fi is sparse. Sparse? Sparse? Whatever. It, uh, so hopefully we'll be able to record this without another hiccup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that we will be able to. So how is Lake Tahoe? Is it glamorous and relaxing? Uh, it's, it's not super glamorous, um, it, but it, it is really nice. Like we, uh, you know, my family goes up here for like a week every summer. Um, we stay in different places. So this, this is a pretty chill, not, it's not a super fancy place, um, but it's, you know, John and I are here and my mom, my sister, her husband and their kids. Uh, and everyone like, you know, we're in sort of a little condo complex and there's other people here, but everyone has like been very good about social distancing. Most people, you know, I'd say some people are wearing masks, but there it's, it's not very crowded. So it feels, it feels very safe. Um, what are you guys doing? Not much. I mean, there's, you know, the lakes right here. So, uh, well, they're at the beach right now. Um, just, you know staring at the lake and then there's there's a pool um last night we barbecued some hamburgers uh but other than that we're not we're not doing any of the like boating or like river rafting anything where you'd have to and definitely not going to restaurants or bars or anything which i think for are pretty much closed anyway yeah that's good 
so we're just hanging out. Um, but it is so nice to get away from LA and from our apartment for a few days. Cause I mean, as everyone has, we've just been cooped up there for months. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to going at the end of the month, um, to, uh, the Sequoias for a couple of nights, which I think we're going to be in a similar situation. We're staying in a condo, but like, it's just like, there's just one, it's like above someone's garage or something like, okay. it's in a, like, I don't think there's going to be anybody else there. And, um, we chose that one because we chose to go there because like, we'll just drive to the Sequoias and like, look and like go for a hike and stuff like that's yeah. what we're going to do when we're there. And so yeah. it's like social distance. I mean, when we made the plans to do it, it was, things were starting to feel like, you know, I mean, things never got better, but like things were sort of starting to open up a little bit more. And now things are like closing again. I mean, we were never going to be like going to bars or anything, but, um, it definitely, I'm like a little bit nervous about it, but not that I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. I think going to these type of sort of outdoorsy places, it's really easy to stay distant from people. Um, even yeah. if everyone is not necessarily taking the proper precautions, you can, you can hole up and be isolated. Yeah. And I think I'll get one more test. I had a test. I've had two tests so far negative. I think I had the last one I had like a couple weeks ago before I started this egg thing. And then um, I think afterwards I'm gonna try to schedule another one just because like I've had to go into the doctor's office so many times and mm. like there've been like today in the waiting room, it was like not, I mean, they have like placards around where it's like, don't sit on this chair. Like for like all, like every other seat, you like can't sit on it. But I mean, there were still so many people, like there were probably 10 people in the waiting room. And, oh. um, I mean, it's like a really big waiting room. Um, and they were having some sort of issue and they had me waiting for like over 30 minutes in the waiting room. And I was freaking out. I mean, I didn't, I'm pretty patient and like, I have like high tolerance and I didn't say anything. And like, I never care if like I go to an appointment and like they're late or something, but, um, I was like, I can't be in this room for another second or I'm going to like get COVID. I was like freaking out. Yeah. That's a long, that's a long time to be in a waiting room with people, especially now we're just, I think we've all gotten used to like not being around people and it, it, it is just a little freaky to, to be in proximity to anyone that you don't know. Yeah, I was like probably being like really annoying. I kept like looking and not and like just like mentally like like counting how many people were in there. <laughs> like, hey, uh, yeah, should I leave? Like, just about it, and just like being so upset. But I mean, everybody was wearing a mask and everybody was like socially distancing as much as I could. So, and how is how is the process going in general? Oh my God. So thank you for asking. It is, I think the goofiest thing about me, it does feel slightly, um, it does feel like something that would be of storyline on like a real housewife or something like that. So I'm enjoying it for that reason. Um, for those of you who didn't listen last week, I'm in the process of fertility treatment, freezing my eggs which is like not the kind of thing i would normally talk about because i'd be like um 
embarrassed or like not embarrassed, but like kind of like superstitious, like, oh, it's not going to go well if you talk about it. But I don't know. I just, what else do I have to talk about <laughs> in quarantine? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think when we started this podcast, we really didn't talk about our own lives very much. Like we were just mostly focused on goop, but I know I've like gotten a little more comfortable in general, just like sharing things that I wouldn't even share to some friends. If you're injecting yourself with hormones, like you have to talk about it on your goop podcast. Like that's like the goop thing you could ever do. So yeah, there's a lot of injections. There's a lot of hormones. I'm like close to the end of my like treatment cycle or whatever. So I've been definitely feeling it. It just feels really bloated, headachy, nauseated. I mean, you just kind of feel like shit. Are, um, do you feel like emotionally different or is it more just sort of physical symptoms? Not really. It's more physical. Um, and yeah, just like bloated and gross. But um it will be over soon and then I'll be back to normal. Uh, you'll be back to normal and you'll have some beautiful, gorgeous eggs ready to go. I'll have some beautiful, gorgeous eggs that I can try on a wedding dress and cry with <laughs> my mother while I look at them, which is my, which is the dream. Uh, good old Dale. I know Dale and Tins. Uh, hopefully we'll see yeah. them again at some point. Will we see her again? I, I have a feeling she, she will come back uh the call of the camera will be too much for her in the long run yeah what has she been up to have you been keeping up with housewives uh you know we i did bring because usually when we go like when you go away and stay at like a house or wherever the the like the tv situation is always really terrible so i have an old roku that i don't use anymore because i have a beautiful big new roku tv that has a roku already in it so i brought my old roku up and connected it to the tv in the condo and it really is a game changer because you can keep up with all your stories like while you're away oh so you are just fully still immersed i it's great i don't know why i never like did this before because i like we have i mean we have nothing to do this week we can't really go out so it's like you're, we're we're basically staying in the house or you know walking down to um to the lake which is a two minute walk and so we do have like leisure time so we've been i don't know we've been watching a movie every night i watched real housewives of beverly hills i still haven't seen the new york from last night but like i'm you know and drag races tonight we're gonna get my whole family to watch drag race so it's great oh that is great i watched new york but i haven't watched beverly hills yet uh I mean, Beverly Hills, I would say, even if for people listening, if you haven't kept up with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for a while, like this week's episode, they bring pretty much all the old characters back from the history of the show to go to Kyle's white party. So it's it's a real fun nostalgia trip and to see how everyone's faces have been completely transformed and deformed over the past few years. It's a a real freak show. Oh, yeah. I hear, isn't there like something with, didn't Kyle fight with one of them, Camille or something? Yeah, Kyle had fought with Camille at the end of last season. And so they have, you know, she she comes back to go to Kyle's party, but then, you know, Brandy shows up, who's going to have drama later oh, in the season. Uh, Adrian Malouf shows up. You got, you know, Chris Jenner and Kathy Hilton are there. Kim's there. It's pretty much everyone. I mean, 
except for Lisa Vanderpump, but like literally everyone else. Wow, Lisa Vanderpump didn't come back. Oh, no. Are they enemies now? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so I'm glad that your egg harvesting is going as well as it could be going. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. The only other big news this week, I think, that like falls within our purview is the uh, the squirrel drama. Oh my god! Yeah, I totally forgot to. I meant to talk about this. Okay, so Squirrel is this restaurant in LA um, that you may have heard of it, you may not have. Their claim to fame is this jam that's made by their like by the restaurateur and celebrity chef behind the whole thing. This woman, Jessica Coslow, she's got a cookbook called Everything I Want to Eat. And you maybe have like, you've probably like seen the cookbook and like, I bet you can get the jam in like places other than LA. Yeah. I think they sell, well, who knows anymore, but they were I, selling the jam everywhere. Yeah. Like, I just mean like people who don't live in LA would like, would be familiar with like the brand. Yeah. But the jam, I've never bought the jam because the jam is like $15. <laughs> it's really expensive. I have to admit I have bought I probably bought two pints of the jam in my life. But I have been to Squirrel and I, I have to say, I have always really enjoyed Squirrel. So yeah, that's the thing. Like the food, I think the food is is very good. And aside from the hype and then the, the we'll talk about like the questions of gentrification and appropriation, all that stuff. But the food is not overpriced for what it is. For like an LA fancy cafe, it's pretty reasonably priced, I would say. I think so too. Right. I mean, I can't totally remember, but I think it's like what, like fifteen, sixteen dollars a plate. If that, like you can get the um, the sorrel rice bowl is like twelve bucks. The and that's like, the best thing they have. Yeah, the ricotta toast or whatever. It's like you can get out of there for you know twelve to fifteen bucks easy. But you buy like a couple of things. The sorrel right. pesto bowl is really good. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's the star of the menu, uh, and I've made that at home. So that's like the only recipe from her book I've ever made multiple that's times. The only one that you would like. Well, yeah, because the rest is just like ricotta and jam on toast. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is her, I mean, I don't know if it's still coming out, but like her specific jam cookbook was supposed to come out this week or next it week. It is still coming out. It is still coming out. Yes. As far, I mean, last I heard, it yeah. was still coming out. Uh, so, so, so there was a lot of like, this, this, this restaurant has been sort of a flashpoint in LA and, and like a, um, a symbol of a lot of, things that people don't like about los angeles like like food hype gentrification long lines um you know white chefs taking credit for uh poc recipe ideas everything we didn't know about that until this week yeah this all this stuff sort of came out all at once but the the big the big drama and the big sort of uh um point of contention that that made this go viral was this picture of this bucket of jam just swimming in mold that yeah it's so somebody i don't like there was like a thread on instagram of like all of these former employees being like it's time to out jessica coslow and the truth about squirrel and they revealed that squirrel had a secret um kitchen in the back that when the health inspectors would come, they would close the door and lock it with the employees inside. In the Turn dark. out the lights. <laughs> and like put a blanket so they couldn't see light coming from under and make them just like stand there silently until the health inspector left. 
because that was where they made their jam. Jessica Coslow, according to this Instagram post, was telling them that they were making, that she made the jam somewhere else. And they didn't want anyone to see the jam because they were doing it improperly and it was all covered in mold and they would like scrape the mold off the top of the jam and put it in this big disgusting bucket that was photographed that Brian referenced and um, jar and sell the jam. <laughs> and yeah, well, it, and put it on the recipes like in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, Cause I think, yeah, I think that bucket was just like the restaurant jam, but they might've put it in the, in the jars oh, too. I don't know. Oh, cause, Cause like, okay. So I don't know much about preserving but I do know that like in order to properly can something you're supposed to like boil the jar in in boiling water to like sterilize it to like seal it yeah that's like the only thing that I know about preserving and of course what Jessica Coslow was doing was literally just like baking the jars in an oven and then taking this disgusting moldy jam and like scooping it into the maybe slightly warm jars and 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 sealing them and that that was it like no proper canning technique no preservation technique um and then originally when this came out she sort of countered by being like well you know, we scrape the, the mold off, like, you know, charcuterie has mold, like beautiful like cheeses have mold. mold. Yeah. And then you got the, like, the jam people and the, you know, the virologists and, and the spore people coming and saying, no, these are two totally different types of mold. Like, you cannot compare this disgusting moldy jam with, you know, a dry aged beef or like a camembert or something like that. It's, it's totally different. Okay, so they're different kinds of mold. It's not like a normal part of like the jam making or fermenting process. No, it is not. It is not. So it shouldn't have ever been there. There should not be mold on jam. Okay. Uh, And like, if there is, you're supposed to throw it away and make a new batch. So this moldy jam was just purely like a pure fuck up. Yeah, well, it was, I don't, I still don't really understand why because it doesn't seem like it would cost that much more money or take that much more time to do it properly I don't know if it was just the volume that they did it's also I know her sugar content was lower than most jam and she didn't add pectin because she wanted it to be more fruit forward and a little more healthy but I think what the sugar does is act as a preservative and help you know helps the jam not like have mold on it so that's like part of why jams are have sugar in them yeah i mean i guess it just seems like whatever her technique was caused like more mold to grow than would like normally be there or whatever um and they were doing this like weird shady process and also like i guess apparently you're supposed to make mold in I mean, make jam in trays and they were making it in like big buckets or something. Like they were just doing everything like differently from how like you would normally do it if you like wanted to be safe. And her former executive chef who was super pissed about it was like, she can't even cook on like a home level. Like she's not even a home cook. Like she can't do anything. Yeah, she's I don't know why she's been nominated for James Beard Award like four times or whatever. She's branded herself as a chef. Um... Well, she, cause she, it's, this started as like a, you know, a jam company basically. And she had yeah. taken a preservation course. So at least she, she was trained in that, um, even though she wasn't following any of the rules and regulations, but it, yeah, as far as like the recipes, everything was developed by her, um, like her sous chefs and her executive chefs. And these are people 
that now most of them are working at different restaurants, but like they barely got any credit. Like she was known, she was like the face of the brand and she got all the press, all the, you know, the James Beard nominations when, yeah, when this chef is like, no, she can't even cook. I like, she, they said they've never even seen her cook in their life. Wait, but she's making the jam. She originally was making the jam. Like that was how the whole thing started. But as soon as they expanded to breakfast and lunch, she was hiring chefs to, and she Uh claims to still have like had some input in developing these recipes. Like apparently the sorrel bowl is an idea that she had when she and her husband like had a salmon and sorrel dish at some other restaurant. So I think what was happening is she would have, she would have like ideas for recipes and, and, and give them to the people who were trained chefs. And then those chefs would actually develop them into good workable recipes. Yeah. Um, but you can't, yeah, you can't call yourself a chef if you're not the one actually like developing the recipes. Yeah, definitely not. And so what is going to become of squirrel you think i don't know this is this sounds i mean because we we went through some of you know similar things with with bon appetit but like bon appetit is a huge magazine you know backed by conde nast bon appetit is like too big to fail at this point i mean i don't think any magazine is too big to well fail. no that's true i guess that's true uh <laughs> but squirrel i i don't know i mean like now it would seem Okay, one thing that could happen, it could be like Goya beans, where it's just like all like, just like MAGA people lining up to get moldy jam. Why would MAGA people want to go there now? I don't know. It just seems like something they would do, like like prove a point. Yeah. (laughs) So it could become like a red state destination within Los Angeles. Oh my God. People, okay. Like Ivanka just showing a jar of moldy squirrel jam. Okay. So, or... Or, you know, she could sort of divest herself and, you know, prove that they're making jam like in a sanitary way and then have, you know, a real executive chef come on board and it could still be Squirrel, but Jessica Coslow could sort of not be the face of the company anymore. I mean, I think she deserves to be the face of the company if it continues. I feel like she's the one who's like, when you when you hear squirrel you're like oh the jam place in silver lake like that's what it is and like that's her thing i just feel like who's gonna want to eat there now yeah i don't know i mean i would be i and i like i like i've been to that place multiple times i've been like for breakfast on my birthday as like a special occasion like this is the place i wanted to go uh but i would be completely embarrassed to go there (laughs) Not because I felt like I was going to get sick, but just for mostly for all the other reasons besides the moldy jam, like the, and these, you know, these are things that I like, I and a lot of other like white Angelinos have not thought enough about um, as far as the gentrification of, of neighborhoods. This, this is a place that is in a neighborhood called Virgil village, which uh, is like a predominantly Latinx working class community. Um, And it's one thing like, you know, if you're a restaurateur and you need to find an affordable space, like you're sometimes, you know, going to be in these, in these less expensive neighborhoods, but the way that she spoke about Virgil village, like that she discovered it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in a shitty neighborhood. So that's why I can like stuff like that. And, 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 and didn't seem to have any sort of outreach or like neighborly, I don't know. Like she didn't, she never, it never seemed like they were trying to be part of the neighborhood. They seemed like they just sort of planted themselves down into an already existing neighborhood and then like 
both the restaurant and sort of food media around them seem to like credit her for like discovering yeah it. discovering this neighborhood and like and like making it cool which is so mm-hmm. gross for like the people that have already lived there and and it's not like it's not like that was the only re- there's there were like a bunch of restaurants now there are fewer restaurants in that neighborhood because prices have gone up and there were you know grocery stores like carnicias um bars like this was a, a vibrant thriving neighborhood before she isn't got that there. where cha-cha-cha was was oh, her is her space where cha- her space isn't where Cha 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 literally was, is it? It's no, just like down the street. Yeah, it was down the street, and um, and then Cha 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 was like a you know long time. Uh, uh, it was like an incredible Cuban restaurant. Yeah, and there now was like it's Jamaican. It had like jerk chicken. Jerk chicken pizza was like their big thing. Um, and like jerk stuff. I never went there. I've heard it, it was, was great. really good. I went there a bunch of times. I went there for my 27th birthday party. It was like my favorite restaurant when I was a little girl. Oh, cool. Because um, it was pink. Yeah. And inside it was just like all like cute and like fun decorations. And um, it was, it was great. And then like, I tried to go there one day and I was like, I made Brian go there with me. I was like, that's like my favorite. It was like, honestly, like one of my favorite places in LA. And then like, I tried to make drag him there one night and it was just gone. I was so upset. They think they probably just couldn't afford the rent anymore. Yeah. But they were there for a million years. I mean, it's like that place was there when I was um, like a kid. And yeah. And now it's gone. I I do think Squirrel has depended on so many like tourists, I think that probably don't care about any of this stuff. And so as long as like they fix the jam recipe, I feel like it'll still be a busy restaurant. I mean, I also have to drive by it every day on my way to the fertility place. (laughs) And every time I drive, I mean, I always forget to look on my way home because I'm like not thinking about it anymore. But on my way there, when I pass it, I'm always like, oh God. And I just like look to see and there's, it's always, I mean, it's really early in the morning, but there it's always just totally empty and some poor guy just standing in the door, like in front of a little sign that's like, we're open and oh, no one's there. Wow. <laughs> like, oh God. I'm surprised. So maybe they are taking a big hit. Although I have thought about it and been like, I could just go to Squirrel right now. There's no line, but. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, it's sort of like Jack in the Box after the E. coli scare. Like now it's going to be the, the safest, yeah. most sanitary place to eat. I mean, yeah, that's right. God, that's like another relic from our childhood. Yeah. Jack in the Box of Coli Scare. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also feel like with Jessica Coslow and Squirrel, um, she had this one opportunity to sort of like turn her jam place into like a Chipotle, which I think is what she ultimately would have dreamt of doing, like um, like or like a sweet green or something, like where there's like squirrels mm. in every city. Um. And I do feel like her stuff is tarnished, at least enough for like the foreseeable future that like, it's not gonna, that will not be happening at any point. Yeah, yeah, the brand, the brand is always going to be associated with the moldy jam. And hopefully it'll, will be associated with all the other sort of shady stuff that she did. Um, Yeah, the like taking credit for her employees recipes and putting them in her book and getting nominated for all these awards and not saying anything yeah. about it and like not really doing any of that work herself. And then also just like her like bitchy attitude about the neighborhood that she's in where yeah. it's, like, it's just like, so 
obnoxious. Yeah, and, and really shows that yeah. she she just doesn't consider herself part of the community. Like that she 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 thinks of herself as like apart from the existing community. And it's just like, why would you feel? I don't know. It's like she was like embarrassed about where she was because she was like this shitty neighborhood. Like, yeah, and it's like, and also like, it's not. That's the other crazy thing is like, it's not a shitty neighborhood. Like, there were there's like cha cha cha. There was other restaurants. Like, there was always people. It's just like a a block away from Silver Lake. Yeah, Silver Lake. Yeah, and it wasn't like the trendy part of Silver Lake, but it's it was just like a regular neighborhood. Like, it wasn't blighted or shit. Like, it's crazy that she would think of it that way i mean it's a great area like that's why she got her place yeah. there it was like accessible close to everything um oh and i mean i also her the allegations of her like abusing her employees as far as you know locking them into the multi-jam room I mean, crazy like that's insane being like you can't come out and like just like lying i mean i don't know i feel like that shit probably happens all the time yeah restaurants and- operate on such low margins that there's so much i think cutting corners and and abuse and there's no you know there's no hr department there's no unions for these for restaurant workers so i don't know that what she was doing was like that worse than what a lot of other restaurateurs did but it still is i mean it's not helping the the brand that's for sure yeah i mean like it does feel like sort of one of those situations where like her former employees like you know are going to be able to like turn this on like can like turn this on her whenever they want to oh yeah it's, it feels very it. similar to uh ucb <laughs> well <laughs> wait just like does. the way the way that now everyone is like wants to like chime in about how shitty it is yeah i mean it's um it's definitely like inner f- food world drama that's like just we're sort of hearing about but uh, oh, I, I I do want to recommend if you do if you want to read more about this. Um, there's a great, pretty long article on Eater LA by Farley Elliott um, called "There Is No I in Jam." Yeah, um, I read that. <laughs> which is really it, it breaks it down pretty well. Yeah, it gives you all the background, everything you need to know about everything um, I oh and who's that cra- like that crazy instagram guy that was oh, rosenthal i'm on his instagram yeah. right now so that's like another person that i think he like first broke this story or like he has like instagram stories for every food world drama that's happened in the last like couple of months i mean like it goes I mean, he's got exposés on everybody, like Carla Music. He's got two about Alex Delaney. He's got two about Allison Roman. He's got Molly Baz. He's got Brad Leone. I mean, he is... He's even harsher he's got, than uh, than Tammy uh, Tekarian or whatever her name is, the one who was exposing, who exposed Adam Rapp- Rappaport. He's got one about Adam Rappaport as well, of course. Um, I mean, he's just really like, he's looking into everybody and being like, here's what I think they did that was fucked up. I like it. I like any, uh, agent of chaos that sows drama. I enjoy. I know you do. Yeah. He's certainly an agent of chaos and like, he's definitely like, you know, um, I think that he's like also someone who like seems like he wants to be like an Instagram because like before this all of his posts were just like pictures of like food that he cooked <laughs> and then now it's just like all about like Alice and Roman and um, Adam Rappaport and stuff so wow. I feel like he's 
probably sees an opportunity for himself. Oh, sure. Yeah, everyone's an opportunist. Oh, yeah. Um, anything else or should we move on to Goop? I guess we should move on to Goop. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I don't have anything else. All right, let's go. What was your best of the week? My best of the week? Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I picked this. I just, I guess I just like needed a break from, I needed a break and I picked my chronotype. Oh, I did the quiz too. Um, what are you? I, I got a 59 which means I am at the low end of being an early bird. Okay. I didn't, do, I didn't do the, I didn't know there was quiz. <laughs> I'm like so bad at this. <laughs> I literally didn't know there was a quiz. They linked to it. Um, I, I imagine you would, you would probably get, just knowing you, you would get like somewhere in the 30s. I think you'd be a, more on the night owl end of this. I know that I'm more, yeah. see, I just sort of like guesstimated because they were like, if your midpoint of sleep is at 3.30 or lark, if it's 5.30, you're an owl. And I'm like, I don't think mine is quite 5.30, but I know it's not 3.30. I think it's probably 4.30. So I'm uh, probably like an owl-ish. Yeah, you're, you're probably, yeah, moderate owl. And I'm a moderate lark. I think I'm, um, a, yeah. I mean, I'm not extreme, but I'm owl for sure. I'm in the owl camp. Damn it. I didn't know there was a quiz. Anyway, I just enjoyed this new weird thing I could imagine had an impact on my life. Yeah, I'd never I'd never heard the word chronotype before, but now I love it and I will always remember that I'm a 50 or 59. And now there's a Oh my god, did you print it out in circle? No, I I just uh used my calculator on my phone as I was going down the PDF um because you couldn't actually like click on something. Yeah, this is um, a long quiz. It's like 20 questions. I mean, I'm scrolling through pages and pages of these questions. So, it, yeah, the questions basically are just like, usually they ask you to rank yourself from one to five. It, and they're all basically asking the same question, like how early do you like to do things versus how late do you like to do things? And yeah. the higher your number, the more of an early bird you are. And the lower your number, the more of a night owl you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm like, I know what I am. Yeah. Um, but it, of course there's a book to go along with it by Daniel Pink, um, called the book's called when colon the scientific secrets of perfect timing. And it might help. Wow. I wish I had taken this damn quiz. Well, you can take it. And then next week we can have a big reveal on what exactly your chronotype number is. We both know that's not going to happen. But... And if all, all of our listeners want to take the quiz, you can DM us your chronotype number. Yeah. Let us out. know what your chronotype is. Um, so this was, this was one of my best too. I did. I did enjoy it. I love taking a quiz. Um, yes. But my real best was this I have to say, I was very impressed by this quite long article on Goop, which I don't say very often, um, called What It Means to Defund the Police. Oh, my God. I was, too. Although I did kind of have a, a little giggle to myself. Just sure. Is like talking about defunding the police. But, you know, so. So, yeah, I, two, there's two, I have two minds about this. One, it's just sort of amazing that the conversation has moved so much in the past couple months that fucking goop of all places is going to endorse abolishing the police. Well, they didn't endorse abolishing the police. They endorsed well, funding it. Well, I mean, but he says in the, in the 
are this is the guy that you know they they interview uh luis a fernandez a phd he uh endorses abolishing the police so maybe goop doesn't that's true but um the fact that we've gotten to this place is i can't help but feel uh a little like optimistic that um at least the conversation is moving but then on the other hand it's goop so you're like this is crazy that they're talking about this well i just thought it was like i mean like these are the people who like will say that they're for abolishing the police or defunding the police or whatever but like if like one thing is wrong in their apartment like they'll call 911 at the drop of a fucking hat like yeah i get it that they're like you know publishing the stuff and that's good but i don't i mean i don't know maybe they really do want to defund the police i i i just you you have to sort of you have to sort of be skeptical because this is it's so um well it's so immediate and it's so corporate it's like both so it's like okay so within like a couple weeks of these protests everybody becomes like aware of these issues and then they decide that they're in favor of it and they're gonna everybody's coming out in favor of all of this stuff that like i seriously doubt if it actually i mean all of this all of these things and these conversations really do come back down to like redistribution of wealth at the end of the day and like if it actually has to do with these people paying more taxes or like not being able to like maintain their lifestyles the way that they want to, they're not going to be in favor of it. So like, I guess it's, I guess it's good. And hopefully, you know, at least like maybe more awareness about the police is a good thing. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're skeptical that, that these women, and I, as I'm saying these women, I'm just picturing Elise in my head, but like yeah, that they but- will actually, do anything they will actually like first of all refrain from calling 911 if you know a firework goes off in their neighborhood or whatever but then also like you said this will i mean yeah change the dynamics of of neighborhoods and um and if, if they feel like they have anything at all to lose they're gonna start like they're gonna shut up about it or not not take the action that will actually be required to change the status quo sure of course like they don't why would they want the status quo to change like, yeah, the status quo is like perfect for them they love the status quo and uh, like he even says in the article like the first thing he's like the police what the police do is they maintain the status quo which is like also what goop does <laughs> that's true like that's like what their whole life is about so yeah i guess so regardless of this showing up in goop i do think if if there is a person in your life that is questioning this or is unsure or has has pushed back when you've talked to them about uh defunding or abolishing the police like i do think maybe don't say that this came from goop but you could send them this interview and i think that um dr fernandez does uh explain things in a way that is easy to understand and that is very very persuasive um, yeah, about uh, about the history of of policing and how it is sort of explicitly and inherently like racist, both in the South, where police um, 
police departments were formed to to enforce slavery and then in the north where they were formed to basically quell you know worker riots um yeah amongst the working class uh, yeah which is why like it all goes back to like a class issue i mean part of why like it's a class issue is like it's like it is like fundamentally a class issue yeah they're intertwined like the racial and the class dynamics yeah, and and um historically the upper classes have tried to pit um people of color against white working class people and cause sort of animus between those two groups when really um they should be you know fighting for basically the same the same stuff yeah it's called solidarity solidarity um yeah so i just i mean it is silly that this stuff appears in goop and yet i i couldn't help but maybe my 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 optimistic side was like wow this is this is cool that like the overton window has shifted so much in the past couple months that this is like a, a mainstream um uh idea for these you know very very privileged people who never who would only have ever thought of the police as like someone who is working for them like they would you know if you maybe you'd get stopped for like speeding but then you could probably just like cry or flirt a little and get out of a ticket and that's all they have to that's the only like way that they would deal with the police sure um what was your worst my worst was um the morning routine beachy glow and sculpted skin with jesse schuster Mm. I was not a fan of this woman's morning routine. I, first of all, I think it was just like organized weird because she's like, oh, if I take a shower, then I do this after. But like the time frame was all crazy. Like it was complicated. It wasn't, it didn't make any sense. I don't think that it was like for anyone to actually read it. She also says that every morning at 7.05, her alarm goes off to Mama Said by the Shirelles. I didn't read that. That's really funny. Which I was like, what? I Just something about that. I was like, who do you think you are? I, I, can't, that... I can't. That seems like the opening of like a 90s or like a 2004 romantic comedy. Yeah. Like, credits. It's like a woman waking up to the Shirelles and then like, putting on her exfoliator mama said there'd be days like this yes. <laughs> and then uh, she like walks her frenchy blue around soho for a fast-paced walk around soho uh yeah. anyone who sets their alarm to the same song every morning is a psychopath sociopath because it's like you that's like wanting to live inside groundhog day which is crazy i couldn't agree more um at least it's not uh i got you babe I must have missed. Is this that what it routine. is in Groundhog Day? Yeah, it's I got you, babe. I only um, read Naomi Watts's one. It was in a different one. Mm. This is in it. They were two this week, I guess. Um, there's also that new Groundhog Day movie that's supposed to be good, but I kind of don't want to watch it. We watched it the other night. Uh, it's called Palm yes. Springs. Yeah, yeah, I. It's you know, it's good. It's not as like genius as I think it wants you to believe, and. Um, Andy Samberg is just so cute. I love watching him. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a fun time. I just don't want to watch something about like millennial on Lee right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's more about like the monotony of marriage. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's very existential. Um, 
and funny, but yeah. it you have to sort of be in the right mood. All right, maybe I'll watch it. I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but I don't know. Maybe not today. My worst was the it was called Parents Feeling Restless. Try Flow. And did you read this? No. It, I never read anything for parents. Yeah, it it was so confusing. It was one of those goop articles where I, I'm like, what? I literally had to read it three times to even start to understand what was going on. So basically there's a term that this developmental psychologist in the seventies, no, sorry. Okay. There is a developmental psychologist named Sasha Hines who is writing this article. She talks about the concept of flow, which was coined in the seventies by another psychologist, basically meaning the time where you're so focused on something that either time goes by really quickly or time stands still. So it's like, and whenever oh, yeah. you're, like, you're in the, you're in, you're in the zone, basically you're in the flow. Yeah. There, I've heard that concept discussed with other, like there's like an actual like psychological term for that. I can't think of what it is right now, but I've heard of that before where it's like, it's like, it can happen when you're like reading or working where it's like, you're just fully like, outside of yourself and like present and like working, doing something else. Yeah. And that, I think we've all experienced that, uh, at some point or another. And that is, it is a, a great feeling when you're working on something and the creative juices are flowing and you're just there, which is awesome. Um, this article talks about flow in the time of self quarantine and for parents who their kids are now around them 24 seven, like where can you find the time? So I think, it seems like it's based, the, the whole premise of this article is my kids are annoying me. I need some space for myself, which is a totally mm -hmm. valid thing. Yeah. But then to connect it with this psychological term called flow. And then she created this chart, which was really confusing. It was like a chart on an X, Y axis. Um, the Y axis was all about challenge level and the x-axis was skill level. So our, then she had these different um, like states of being, uh, whereas flow is the optimal state of being. Apathy is the, the, the sort of nadir, the, the worst state of being. And then there's others, including boredom, relaxation, control, arousal, anxiety, and worry. And oh so my you're, God. you're in, and it was just like, it was so, I mean, talk about anxiety inducing, like just looking yes. at this chart. I really do think the solution is literally let your kids look at like YouTube or like play or like give them a coloring book or however old they are, a video game if they're older or whatever for 15 minutes. And then you should go and like chill and like try to do some flow or have a glass of wine. And like, you just need to like separate yourself yeah, from your family. Have a glass of wine. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm only an uncle, but even like being around my nephew and niece, you know, for the last few days, I yeah. don't not, and, and I love them dearly, but like, I do not get how my sister and my brother-in-law do it. It's like crazy. I know. It never stops. It never stops. So maybe I should just like send them this article and then they can punch me in the face. Yeah. And then they can just like have a glass of wine. And, uh, but yeah, so this was my worst just because it was like confusing more than anything else and disorganized in, in that yeah. way that goop. Goop sometimes is. Sometimes they're just so unorganized. And it's like, where are you coming up with this stuff? Why? Yeah. All right. Uh, so what was your craziest or saddest? My craziest? 
just was, I mean, I guess it was just another thing that I don't understand. Well, it's just something that I don't really believe the nodes of fate. Here's what your next, uh, the next eclipse season means for your astrological chart. Oh yeah. So it's just like, it's, it doesn't ever tell me like what it means for my like I'm an Aquarius and I'm like, well, when does it tell me about Aquarius stuff? I just like did like a, a search on the page and she only mentioned the word Aquarius once, but I think it's because it's like a more general thing where it's like the incoming series of eclipses in Gemini and Sagittarius, which will play out until December, 2021, will throw into question what we know to be true, whatever. So it's like, it's just more of like a general thing about like the entire universe yeah it, about individuals it wasn't about like your own individual sun signs uh so in that then i'm like super not interested <laughs> <laughs> but i also like i truly did not she's a nymph of neptune hetty naomi Hedy yeah this naomi. is this is someone an ast astrologer who is not jennifer freed so i'm like what what like i would if i was jennifer freed i'd be pissed that someone has like taken my well, spot. jennifer freed is many things so she she's i believe some sort of social worker maybe um she'll pr she'll probably take over for she'll take over for jessica Coslow making jam she could she can do it all she's she wears my hats but this woman is simply a nymph of neptune um an nn means, and she's a double n she's an non and i don't know really what that means i think she's just like a psychic or something or like an astrologer she's an astrologer i think it's her her business her astrological business yeah. is called nymph of neptune yes um, that's and, and yeah this is like that sort of like big picture astrology which i don't really understand um where i, I met guess, a guy i told you when i met the guy oh that said there was a big shift or whatever yeah like a party and he was the um he was like an ayurvedic he said like hmm. astrologer or maybe not Ayurveda, something like that. Like he was just not, I think he said Ayurvedic and he was like, things are going to get so draconian and with COVID-19, just you wait and see. Like, I think he was like a MAGA person because he was like telling me how like the government was going to like take our civil liberties and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah. Uh, yes. He's like a, an astrological deep stater. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I'm sure there's like a lot of people like sure. that. Actually, they're all. Like, yeah, I'm re I'm reading this. I'm like, so I guess the the nodes of the eclipse have been in Cancer and Capricorn for a few years, and now they're shifting to Gemini and Sagittarius. Uh, so yeah, this is less about like your own personal horoscopes and more about just sort of the universe in general. I don't know. Yeah, this is Hedy Nomi is a London-based astrologer known as Nymph of Neptune. Oh, in mine it says London-based astrologer Hedy Nomi is the founder of Nymph of Neptune. Seriously? Yeah. It must and be the first sentence of the second paragraph. Oh no, I'm just saying her bio at the end. No, I'm reading it. Oh, got it. Um, so they say both in this. Who knows? Yeah, known as okay. So, so she's known knows. as. Known as Nymph of Neptune, and she owns Nymph of Neptune. Great. Um, so yeah, if you guys, I don't. It's hard. This astrology, I would like to know about. I do know a little bit, but it gets really confusing. And it's like, if I'm going to spend that much effort learning something, it should be something that like is real. Is real. Yeah. 
it's so complicated. That's the problem. It's like, why do I have to learn so much when I know for a fact that it's all 100% bullshit? Like, it's complicated and it doesn't mean anything. It's just such a waste of time. Uh, yeah, I like, I do like to read. Do you ever look at Heidi Rose Robbins' Instagram? No. She's an astrologer and she's like the astrologer to, I don't know if to the stars, but like to the like comedy writer stars, to like the Los Feliz oh. stars. What? What? Who the fuck are that? Who is that? She's like, uh, you know, like the people on Bitch Sesh and stuff. Like, oh, okay. So um, I started, and she does these like handwritten horoscopes every day on Instagram, which are sort of very, they're very dramatic um, and very sort of uh, goopy. I mean, woo woo. They're like, they're, they're really insane. Um, but okay, I'm looking it, at her thing right now. It's nice. It's nice reading like a handwritten horoscope. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, I cannot. Af- I can't afford to get my uh, charts done by her. I'm sure. Uh, okay. Oh, so I had. Okay, so this is. I think this is crazy, and I think this is creepy. Did you read any of the the Goop 15 this week? No. So you know, every month Goop does their Goop 15, which is like Goop staffers and their you know their recommendations. There was one that. Okay. It's called. Um, the deep and it in this this lady on goop says a friend of mine recently turned me on to this new newsletter called the deep it calls itself a questions company that wants to help people dive deeper explore complex ideas and have more meaningful conversations and so i clicked on it and it's 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 just like a little you know web page that asks you for your email address so i gave them my email address they email me and they also have like a an instagram which is deep dot life uh or i'm sorry the deep dot life uh and then they just they tell you to refer people to them and i don't i just don't understand what their business model is because their newsletter doesn't cost anything Hmm. they claim that if you refer a bunch of people to them you'll get like prizes but then their instagram is just like every you know every day they'll have quote-unquote like provocative questions like you know, are books a status a, a status symbol in our society? Stuff like that. Do you really, answer the deep? You, I guess you could write in on their Instagram and then you can, you can submit stuff to them too. And they have a very strict like thing you have to sign being like, if you submit any questions or any ideas to the deep, they will own all this stuff in perpetuity. Like, oh, have, they're just selling your data. So it is like a data mining thing, right? Yeah, of course. So what that's else so, could be? I, yeah, that, it must be. But it's just so weird. Like, I no, guess it's the same. For like, maybe like AI or something. Like people, like they want to know everything about you. Yeah. I, I'm curious if, if you want, if you guys want to sign up. Actually, you know, use our, use my, I can send you my, um, my. You can refer, refer, refer me to refer me to I'll it. refer you to it and then I can maybe get a prize from the deep. But yeah, it just, it was creepy that like, cause you know, for a fact that it's not, you know, some friend turned me on to this. This is the deep reaching out to Goop being like, can you promote our brand? Yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah. But it was just, it, it was very, because any of these things that pretend to be like super sort of philosophical and this one, the tone is like very sort of hipstery and like, like a little like self-aware and funny about, you know, philosophical questions. And it just rubbed me, it, it, something wasn't right. But I think, I think you're right. It's, it's just data mining. I hate Ooh. that. I fucking hate that shit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Very weird. Um, yeah. Okay. What would you try? 
Okay, what would I try? I would try a freaking salad for dinner, okay? Oh, yeah. There were three dinner salads that I could choose from. One of them I would not try, smoked trout salad with grapefruit and beets. That does not sound like a good combination to me. I don't like smoked fish really anyway. Mm. I definitely don't like it. I mean, I guess I can see it with like smoked trout and beets. That sounds like something that like my Jewish grandmother would want to eat. Totally. Put grapefruit in it. Grapefruit in mixed in with it. To give it a little brightness. I think to me, it sounds pretty good. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Okay. So maybe I'm just not, maybe that's just like not my path. But the lentil, kale, and piquillo's pepper, am I saying that right? Are those mm-hmm. those delicious, like, pickled little red pepper thingies? Piquillo peppers? I yeah, I think so. Yeah. love those. I have a jar of those in my kitchen right now. Those are so good. And that sounds delicious. And I actually think I have the recipe. I think I could make this. Yeah. I have everything to make this. So that's, that one sounds pretty good to me. And then the nice little, this chopped chicken salad, it looks so nice. I just felt so sentimental looking at it. It looks to me like the chopped salad that you can get at Mohawk Bend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is just like, Mohawk Bend is this like restaurant in echo park like between echo park and silver lake in la that just is like whatever it's like fine it's kind of vegan kind of not it's been there forever it's like got like a huge like beer selection and it's like it's fine it's just kind of like one of those places that like you know it was like kind of like trendy like years ago and now it's just like a nice place you could not nice whatever it's just like a whatever place to like go have like dinner with your friend but something about it just like it's part of that quarantine thing where you're like oh my god like i would fucking kill to go to mohawk bend and eat a like salad there you know what i mean i mean not literally because i wouldn't because i probably could but i won't but it's like i to be in like the before times or like for this to all go away and to just be like let's just go have like i don't know where do you want to go i don't know let's just go to mohawk bend it's like the place that you always go to when you can't pick where to go just yeah simple i mean totally i i was getting so nostalgic uh i follow the roost which is like the dive bar by my house yeah. i followed on instagram and they were just like posting now they're doing like outside dining which is crazy for this dive bar and it's again, like a bar yeah again like i wouldn't actually do it but i was like oh i'd love to just like go into the roost for a beer um but I, it's like you don't actually we, that's the thing it's like we don't actually want to do it right now no but we want to be able to do it yeah um, I was walking by, there's this place, uh, Jake's by the lake, which is like right by where we're staying in Tahoe. And we go there like pretty, you know, like most times we come up here and again, like they are doing outside dining now and they're doing like cocktails to go. And i I walk by in the mornings when I take my walk, like before they're open and it looks so great. But then now, like if they're actually open, I, I do not want to go over there and like have to like see, you know, people not in masks and be worried about like, is my, my tie going to be contaminated? It's all like theoretical. Yeah. I bet you could still get a Mai Tai to go from there. I could. I might. I mean, I'm here for a few more days, so we'll see. We'll see what I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the my my tribe was actually specifically the salad dressing that they um they talk about in with the with the chicken salad. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a creamy vegan 
salad dressing, which is like the uh, raw cashew based creaminess, which is like the classic um, uh, cafe gratitude style dressing. Yeah. And I do, I never make those uh, cashew based dressings, but they always taste so good. I want to make them. I used to do a lot of blending cashews when I was vegan. Um, and since then I haven't really gone back to it because it's like, it's expensive. Yeah. Cashews are expensive. I have to, you have to get a bulk bag from Costco really. Um, but if you have a Vitamix, you don't have to, um, soak them. Is that true? Mm, I don't know. I probably would still soak them, but I could try. I should try. That's what I remember hearing about the old Vitamix. Yeah. Dinner. uh it's a, yeah a big salad for dinner in the summer is lovely oh my god i love it except for like i don't i hate making salads i know they're so annoying to make i think it's the worst to make like a really good salad because it's so it's so easy to make a mediocre salad so like to yeah. spend the time and effort to like actually make a great salad is something that you just don't often do at home it's just so much like cutting and chopping and it's like all the most boring parts of cooking with like nothing really very satisfying until yeah. you eat it and then you eat it in like one second. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> what would you buy? I think I would buy the Oak Table Grater. It's only $60 and it's this lovely little um, like cone shaped cheese grater that comes with um, like a little plate underneath it like a little it's like a wood base and you grate your cheese onto it and then you get to take it off and it's all it's all there below for you because I, another thing that I hate that you've never understood about me but I've always truly hated grating cheese I like I hate using cheese I hate a box grater it's that like is so worst. weird it's so I easy I mean I've scraped my knuckles on those things so many times and I just think they're like so awkwardly shaped. I hate them. So this nice little, I mean, um, I guess like a microplaner is like the true answer, but this little nice little cone also seems like a, like a nicer way to use it. Yeah. I mean, a microplane is good if you're, if you're grating like a small amount of Parmesan or like doing like lemon zest or something, but I mean, this seems like it's specifically for, it's called a table grater, yeah. but I, they have a bigger one and a small, like a bigger side and a smaller okay. side. So, you know. I don't know. I love my, my classic box grater. I can grate a whole pound of cheddar in like 15 seconds flat. You can grate a pound of cheddar in 15 I don't know seconds. about a pound, but like I can go pretty fast. Yeah. Well, uh, I would buy, oh my God, I really want it so bad. This $500 juicer that they talk about really yeah so they have like um an article for energizing juice recipes from a nutritionist and i i do want to i just want to get back into juicing i mean i've but never actually constantly getting exposed i know for you. yeah but this just looks so it's like it's this juicer by Kuvings, a whole slow juicer elite and it's 500 dollars. it looks so pretty and like to just make like a celery and cucumber juice and ginger in the morning just That's i know it's good. like probably not super healthy for you and you know, they do say in this article that they're not meant to be meal replacements, which I appreciate because I feel like it's taken a lot time, a long time for the juice community to admit that like they're not meal replacements. Well, they don't mean it. They're just they like legally have to say. Yeah, it. I guess so. <laughs> um, but now, I mean, if oh god, if the the extra unemployment gets extended for the rest of the year, which it probably won't. I already got bumped off it anyway. Uh, I mean, I'm still hanging on. But if if they do a new packet a relief package 
I'm going to get that juicer. <laughs> Stimulate the economy. You need to do that fucking shit. I'm so pissed about the fucking, ugh, I can't even talk about it. I'm too pissed. I know. Um, okay. Oh, I also, this is not buy a buy thing, but it's more of like a donate thing or it's just, it was just a great, I don't know, a great little thing that Goop talked about uh, as part of the Goop 15. Um, this company called For Our Magic which is based in the Twin Cities. Um, and it is basically to uh, give uh, queer, femme, and trans Black communities um, beauty products that, okay. don't, that don't often have like the resources to buy them. So if you go to, and I'll, I'll post this, I'll post their link on um, the podcast uh, description, but if you go to their website, you can um, donate some money or if you are, and I, I, I imagine some of our listeners might be in the beauty industry. If you're in the beauty industry, you can also donate products. Um, and then if you are a uh, black femme, queer or trans person, you can apply to get a donation um, for a, a beauty products, or they also have resources for other um, necessities just in life. Uh, so it seems like a really amazing organization that I was it glad does that seem like an amazing organization. Cause it's like, there's not a lot of stuff like that for like, just like the things that people need to make their lives like livable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody wants to give like whatever, like food or, or whatever, which is obviously the most important, but like people need to feel like human beings. Uh, yeah. And like the whole, the whole premise of goop is, 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 all this stuff that is maybe not necessities, but it makes the quality of life, your quality of life better. And hopefully, you know, this, this organization and other organizations like it will open up these um, quality of life products to a wider swath of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. Anything cool. else? No, I'm done. I don't have anything else. And I'm all like right. a jack full of, Estrogen. Oh boy, <laughs> you're such a woman. Plum full of estrogen. I'm plum full of the stuff. Um, cool guys. Well, uh, I actually want to plug. I was on another podcast uh, that came out yesterday. Uh, it was the "You're Making It Worse" podcast with Brent Sullivan, Elliot Glazer, and H. Allen Scott. Uh, and they're like a cool, like gay theme podcast. Um, but I was on this week, and I talked about Goop. So. It's stuff that all of you probably already know about, but you should definitely check out their podcast because um, it's a great, it's a great show. Okay, it's great. I'm definitely going to listen. Yeah. It's called You're Making It Worse. And I'll put that in the podcast notes as well. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.